What's going on, party people? It is your main man, MMA by Milliken. Hope everybody's staying safe, staying strong, and staying positive out there. Whew, what a 24-hour we had. One championship, five in the morning. We had Bellator. We had LFA. Then prior to that, we had uh, Eris with the lovely... Veronica Macedo and man Robin Black man I can't oh man that dude's commentary it's like yo let her talk she's the MMA fighter I know she hasn't had a lot of MMA fights but she's the MMA fighter and when I and I know it shouldn't be a sexist thing it's not like guys can't talk of women I love talking women's MMA but man it's a female fighter sitting right out there shut up shut up um, he can't stop talking. Um, and love his breakdowns on Twitter, fight breakdowns and everything. But yeah, the Bing and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, God, man, let her talk. My baby, Jackie Bontine, she got pieced up. She got my baby got beat up. But yeah, like like I said, man, um, seventeen year old cardio for days, and that's what we saw. That's when we saw my girl, you know, the head movement and everything was there, but she just got tired. And like I said, man, 17-year-old, you know, unless they're, like I said, unless their diet is composed of candy, they're going to have cardio, you know, someone that young is going to have cardio for days. And she did. She did. I mean, she just kept moving forward, kept pushing forward. And, yes, she's probably going to be champ for a while. But, yeah, why do you have a champion and no division? There's no rankings because they don't really have a division. Got a champion, got championship. Because who, who else is going? I mean, I think that uh, this shouldn't be. I think that they should just playing put Barbie in there. Don't have Barbie face off against Bonton again. Just put uh, Erecta Katrina. Uh, uh, you know, I'm talking about Barbie. <laughs> put her in there and just let her go for the title shot because it's a close fight between her and Jackie. And I think the experience would um, be a be an issue. Anissa Mexen. Yeah, she want my speaking of because it's Jackie Bontine, of course, her uh, training partner and good friend Janet Todd. Ooh, yep. And Anissa Mexen wants that. I mean, she's going to go after both belts. She's going to go after whatever belts available. I think she's going to avoid MMA for a while. But, yeah, she's going to go for both belts, both uh, over at Muay Thai and kickboxing. It's just it's going to happen. And she's going to be champ for a while, too. Ain't nobody beating her. <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> uh, she's the one person over at one. Like, I think Stan Fairtech, I mean, I would love to see her over at uh, UFC, but I think that, I mean, both women are kind of on the small side. I mean, y'all think Michelle Waterson is small. I mean, I think Stamp is only, truly only 5 foot 2 and comes in under uh, 115. She usually comes in at 114. Uh, Mexican, uh, I think, same thing. Well, Mexican, I think, comes in at 115. Remember, Adam Wade is 115, not 105 over at 1. And um, yeah, yeah, but I think Mexican, man, shh. I think she's going. I think she would beat Stamp. I think if Stamp went back, I think Stamp right now. I think she should stay in MMA. Get her jujitsu together. She's doing good right now. Keep it up. Get to black belt level. You know, take that belt away from Angela Lee and stay there. Because with Mexican being there, that's it. Is over. Stamp. I think Stamp would get her ass whipped. Whew, mercy. But yeah, on tap for the day. I got suspect picks for UFC, Vegas 52, fight card everyone just keeps complaining about. Got listener questions. I got the superstars joining me today. So we're going to get right into it. Melican, you know who this is. Let the people know. Uh, I've been I've been rewatching Game of Thrones lately. Uh, obviously, I caught it when it was originally on all those many years ago. Um, but I just coming at you with a random question. Who are some of your favorite fighters that remind you of Game of Thrones characters and why? 
Would love to hear your answer, brother. Love you. Love the show. That's my main man, Juice, right there. And, of course, we all know Juice over at the Friendly Sparring Podcast at Friendly Sparring Pod with his teammate, part of the dynamic duo, Leo Hernandez. Oh, man, that's a fantastic question. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, I've been um, listening to the game to the audio books. I, got, I have the the uh, paperback editions. I started with the – well, I started with the show, but I was late. I was late. And, and actually, Game of Thrones, I love this question because it gets me – you know, lets me talk about it again. I got my start in podcasting. Well, I was actually through Star Wars. My buddy Gerald, who I tag, who you'll, you'll see tagged on here. Uh, him and his fantastic crew over at the Geek Goodness Podcasting Network. Uh, yeah, my man Gerald kind of started me, you know, helped me get on this path. And yeah, first one was Star Wars, but then the next one, next podcast that I did was Game of Thrones. So yeah, Game of Thrones is near and dear to my heart. And it's funny because for the longest time I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm, I don't want to mess with that. Finally, it was always so many people talking about the show. And it was like, look, you got to watch the show. You got to watch the show. So I finally watched the show. And it took me a while. It took me a while. But yeah, I got the the, the podcast really helped me get into the show. And, and I really got deep into it. Like I said, got the books. I'm like, no, this is from a source material. Let me let me check check out the source material. And I, I fell in love with the books. Fell in love with it. And I listened to the audiobooks from Roy Detrees. But yeah, I started with um the paperback collection. And yeah, it it, it helps me relax. I think I I find them entertaining. I, I kinda with the books, it still I didn't know it seemed odd what kind of direction that um he was going in with his books. It, I mean George R. R. Martin, I mean I just yeah, like I said, it, it just seems like a, it was just too, seemed like too much going on with the books. Um, the books are great; they're fantastic. But I just think it was like, okay, we're, we're zombies, and then we got, you know, what I mean, and then then we got the Lannisters. You got all these different things going on at one time. It just seemed like a little much. It seemed like a little much. But I loved it. I loved the books for what they were. You know, truly did. Don't know how he would kind of close them out. Whether he would go, whether you know everything what from the show was from the books, whatever the case may be, but he did deviate um, from it. But anyway, love this question. Uh, well, you know what? You know who actually, man? Because um, the first thing I thought of was, well, in terms of favorite fighters, wow. Because um, my favorites are, are Anderson Silva and Chris Cyborg. They're the two top. Of course, there's Demetrius Johnson. Uh, you know, I, I think Tyrion Lannister, and again, I know it's a short thing or whatever, but because Demetrius is he's a smart fighter. Jon Snow, I actually didn't mind. I actually kind of like Jon Snow as a character, but I'm like, man, because he, you know, Jon Snow, he knows nothing, but he's he's supposed to be a good swordsman. And I was like, who reminds me of that? And I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking style bender. I know it sounds strange, but I actually think about Bobby Knuckles when I think whenever I think Jon Snow I think Bobby Knuckles, but in terms of my favorite I will have to say um, well Stylebender is a favorite of mine so I would say he would be my Jon Snow. Now my Daenerys Targaryen, I do not know. Wow, uh, the hero you know it's fun because I was never a fan of Ronda Rousey, but I would say man a hero turned villain. Yeah, it'd probably be Ronda, but yeah, um, yeah, Daenerys is tough because she was a favorite character of mine. Also liked, uh, of course, Arya. Arya, my top favorite Game of Thrones character was Arya Stark, and yeah, I can't. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. You know, but but you know, it's funny. Who's near and dear to my heart is uh, Jessica Andrade. She's actually more near and dear because a lot of people I know think of me as a, a Thug Rose fan. But Andrade is actually near and dear to my heart, along with Marina Rodriguez. Those are the two. I'd rather see Marina on the throne, on a strawway throne. But yeah, if Andrade makes it there, I'd be all the more happy. Yeah, you know, so I would say, yeah, Arya kind of, Andrade kind of puts me in the mind of Arya. Just young, devastating. Uh, I mean, Rose will probably fit the description more f 
for Arya. But you know what's funny? Who fits to me? Two fighters who fit the Arya Sansa dynamic. You know, it's like Arya, she made herself out to be this legendary warrior, this legendary assassin who could take out anybody. And then there's the sister, and then there's Sansa, who can't do a thing. Who's <laughs> just kind of on the useless side. I mean, good for leading. She turned out to be a great leader and all that. But yeah, other than that, when it came time to throw down, she was useless. You know who reminds me of that? Those two, that dynamic is Valentina Shevchenko and Antonina Shevchenko. Antonina Shevchenko, man, eye candy, just like uh, Sophie Turner, just like Sansa is supposed to be. Sansa is supposed to be beautiful. But man, a bomb. Goodness, I mean, not that Sansa was a bum, but you know, couldn't do anything physically. Just could not do anything. Oh my God, Antonia Sachenko, a bum. Just a bum. Said useless in a fight. It's what's I mean, God. And she's supposed to be co-main, I think, with their Jarzinho card. Ooh, pu. It was a time where I want to watch that woman do any. I would watch her do anything. Now I'm just tired of her. And this will be taking on Courtney Casey. Goodness, if there was a fight, I hope gets canceled. Goodness gracious, boy. But yeah, they, they remind me of that dynamic. And I don't know about um. And yeah, and Val kind of also reminds me of Arya. Just this fine-tuned rocking machine. You know, start out young. Val started out young, similar to Arya. So, yeah, um, and, you know, I was, I was going to do the Brianna Tarth because she was another uh, favorite of mine. I love Gwendolyn Christie in that part. Love to her death. Uh, I don't want to say Chris Cyborg because I don't want it to sound like an insult, but she always got criticized for her appearance, similar to Brianna Tarth, but she can throw, Brianna can throw down, you know, and if anyone can go to a draw the way that Arya and Brianna went to a draw, I would say possibly Chris Cyborg and, and Val going to that draw. You know, I mean, I think Chris would probably beat the hell out of Andrade, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, I, I really appreciate this question, man. It was real fun to discuss it, you know. Um, but yeah, still still listen to the, um, the audio books, man. It relaxes me. Hey, yo, it's the MMA Catfish. Well, my friend... I assume that by the time this airs, Cyborg will have already won. So, I'm sure you're absolutely fucking stoked about that. She's a beast. This upcoming fight card fucking sucks. But, since you know I love to rep the old guys, I gotta bring up Clay Guida. But, I looked at the dude he's fighting, and I would not bet on Clay, because he is going to lose this, because the guy is on a four-fight win streak in the UFC. Uh, and, yeah... Not going to be the old guy's night. Uh, am I wrong to think that this card sucks? There's some names sprinkled in it, I know, but it just is not getting my dick hard, man. What do you say? I'm out. FMP for life. Catfish. What's going on, Catfish? Everyone knows at MMA Catfish, Catfish with Tad Daddy is his podcast, FU Fridays. Always check out our episodes you can check us out both out you can check all of us on here on anchor people download the app so you can ask a audio question it's the easiest way to do it okay it's the easiest way to do it coming up with other ways you guys can do it but that's one easy way to do it plus you can listen to the podcast um yeah i mean clay guida yeah so so suspect pick you know um well, first and foremost, let's go ahead and get the main out of the way. I got Andrade. I've been talking about Andrade. But Amanda Lemos is a dangerous opponent. And yeah, Clay Guida. Yeah. Yeah, Claudio. Please. Yeah. Yeah, Martinez. Martinez. Yeah. Yeah, I got him. I think he turned out. But I mean, Clay Guida, you know what, though? Out of the old timers, I'm still not... You know, I'm st I'm st you know, it's never a dull moment with, with Clay Guida. He's one of the few old-timers I don't mind watching. Some of these other old-timers like Shogun Rua, I'm tired of Shogun Rua. Him and Ovin St. Pru, I don't, oh, my God. Yes, I know people are going to, they're, you know, they're going to be going crazy over Ovin's with his, uh, uh, the old baby's got back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the king who brings, the man who brings out the thirst. I've never seen, 
Fee, I mean, not even Rachel Ostovich brings out the thirst like over in St. Pru. So, yeah, I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm logged off for that week. Because <laughs> I think it's, what, 274? He's supposed to be on that car. Oh, boy, going up against show gun roar. But, yeah, out of the old timers that I don't want to see anymore, uh, I don't mind seeing Clay Guida. He always stays in shape. And, man, I can, he has cardio for days. For an old timer, he has cardio for days. And, and, and him, I just usually doubt him simply because he doesn't come in with much of a game plan. Um, that's, that's really why I doubt him. Not, yeah, I mean, he, cause that's the thing. That's why I criticize the old timers. Cause the first thing that goes is the cardio. It don't matter what they do. It's usually that five times undefeated. So, but yeah, Clay, he, he has Carter for days, but yeah, I just, I doubt him in this matchup simply because of planning. Is he going to come in with a plan? Is it going to be razor sharp? Um, he uses still to this day kind of on the wild side. Not as wild as he used to be, but still kind of on the wild side. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's a little unfair, but man, we lost a good one. Morari Sue versus um Manel Cap. Yeah, that that was gonna be that was the hardcore's wet dream. That was our true main event. So yes, it's not as exciting. Uh, and then the fighters like Dwight Grant, mm, man, eesh. And then the light heavyweights on this card, I, uh, Venueva. I'm not trying to, you know, trash these fighters, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little unfair. I mean, because you know, because the main isn't bad. I mean, it's Andras Lemos. They try to destroy the women who they go up against. You know, and, and man, when has Andrade been in the, when has either one of them been in a boring fight? Lemos was coming off the, granted, Angela Hill got robbed, but still, that was an exciting fight. Lemos hasn't been in a boring fight. Andrade hasn't been in a, uh, Andrade hasn't been in a boring fight. I, I don't, you know, I just, it bothers me when, you know, it's complaints and women are headlining, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not a bad card at all. There are some cars coming, like I said, that that one with Antonina and I think Jarzine Rosenstruck versus Drago. I don't, man, <laughs> I hope they kind of stack that one up. But we they're, they're running out of fighters, man. They're running out of fighters. I think it's a little unfair for this car, but yeah, going forward, yeah. Some of these cars going forward, they're not looking all that fantastic. And, and again, I hate judging cars before they happen because the desperate fighters, I hate to say it, but as I've said before, desperate fighters usually make for the better fights, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this this headline, by the way, very important. Andrade ranked at number one over at flyweight. We have Lemos ranked in strawweight, so this is very important because it's a good way for Andrade to get back into the you know rankings by defeating a ranked opponent. So this is an important matchup here. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 not a bad card. But going forward, yeah, I don't know, man. It might be slim pickings. Thank you so much for always blessing the channel, Catfish. Before I get into suspect picks, I gotta give a shout out to uh, Derek Lewis Hot Balls at War Pixie Six Six Six. Her uh Lion of Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Gustavo Ballard. Oh my goodness, her crush got it done. I can't believe it. I'm like, yo, this dude has no kind of reach whatsoever, yet here he is giving all these fighters problems, and he's about to be ranked. So I'm gonna save I'm gonna save an in-depth recap to see how the rankings if the rankings change at all. I mean People complain about uh, UFC's rankings. I mean, one and Bellator's rankings make absolutely no sense whatsoever. No sense whatsoever. So uh, I'm going to see because they should switch them out. I can't. I don't like that, man. You fight someone who's not ranked, you need to get kicked out. I'm sorry. That should be the punishment. I don't care what anybody says. Okay. Now that's push down stuff because you're kicking somebody off of the rankings at the bottom who didn't deserve to get kicked off. That's what happened with Montana De La Rosa. Now, hopefully Montana De La Rosa will score the upset victory against Macy, Macy Barber. Anytime I get it to see Macy Barber get, now the last time I saw Macy Barber punching that ghost <laughs> and, and getting pieced up. 
So this time around, hopefully Montel De La Rosa will take her into the deep water and expose Macy Barber, expose the fact that she ain't learned nothing being trained by the Gracie family. I mean, she's supposed to be a Gracie jiu-jitsu practitioner, I think at brown belt level maybe. Not sure if it's brown belt level, but she's a Gracie, she's supposed to be a Gracie jiu-jitsu trained athlete, and she sucks off of her back. Macy Barber sucks off of her back. So we'll see if Dolores can get the upset right there. But yeah, yeah. Um, going for Andrade for the main. And yeah, it pa pains me. I'm rooting for Montella Dolorosa. But yeah, it pains me to pick Macy Barber. But yeah, I'm going to pick Macy Barber. Lord, can't stand it, man. Can't stand it. Now, uh, Andrade, Jessica, Jessica Andrade is a minus 210 favorite over Lemos, who's a plus 185 underdog. Lemos with that devastating jab. Hopefully, uh, Betty Azteca, hopefully she um, is, is still can improving her boxing, her head movement. My main issue is her kind of, she doesn't charge in. The way that she did versus um, Wei Li. But she does kind of plot for it. Now she does kind of adjust her feet more. Because um, that's another problem. Is she's flat footed. She's a grappler. Her base is grappling. Uh, with Limo. She's like. I mean we talk about anti-grappler. She's about as anti-grappler as it gets. I think she's pretty much going to lay out. Limos. I don't think she's pretty much going to lay out any wrestlers in the division. That includes. I mean Dern's not a wrestler. But it includes her with those. Terrible single legs and Esparza, honestly. Yeah, I know Esparza's been in there with some experienced fighters and she'll probably take out Rose, but and Rose does have uh, good power in her hands, but nobody has the jab. Nobody has that power of Andrade or Lemos. They pretty much, the fight is over. They hit you two times, that pretty much, well, Andrade hit you one time, Lemos hit you, tap your chin twice. As pretty much as we've seen, that's pretty much the end of the fight. And she's a, both women are horrible matchups for the um, grapplers left in this division. Straight up, Spars is getting destroyed by Andrade because she she took she took too long to get her, to not get her straight together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, I don't like her chances versus Rose, especially. I mean, five round fight, she gets pieced up for three rounds, maybe get Rose in the third. But if Rose can recover from the onslaught from Wei Lee via grappling, she'll do the same thing. She'll just do the same technique with Carlos Sparza. Because when's the last time Sparza's been in a five rounder? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, nah. So, but again, Rose does have suspect cardio. But yeah, um, this, this so if Andres does do that kind of plotting forward, former strawweight champion who is one one with Rose. I'm, Rooting for, I mean, I, I kind of like both women. I'm not going to be surprised whoever wins. I, the only thing I would be surprised is, is that, yeah, Lemos herself does have suspect cardio. So, five round fight, I would be very surprised if this went to a decision. Very surprised. Um, because Lemos pretty much, once her cardio goes, she don't know what to do herself. It'll leave her open. And with Andrade, that's a power bomb. Or you just playing getting knocked out. She can be just too much for anyone. We have Charles Jordan, which should be a good fight. Catfish asked. That should be a good fight right there. Charles Jordan. Minus 122. Uh, favorite over Landon Venata. Was it Vena? I think it's just Vena. I always say Venata. But yeah, he's a minus 103 underdog going leaning with Charles Jordan in that one. As I said, you know, I'm going to go with the favorite with the uh, 190, minus 195 favorite in Barbara, but rooting hard for Montella De La Rosa. And I'm going to put some change on Montella De La Rosa. Barbara, like I said, she sucks off of her back. I don't know. Maybe she'll whip out the, the Gracie Jiu Jitsu. But even if she did, I mean, I think Montana's just a little too strong for that. But Getting, she's a, but this is another situation similar to Andrade. Man, if Montana just plods forward and just does nothing but try to get the takedown, she's getting, she's going to get pieced 
up. I know we crack jokes about Mason Barber hitting ghosts. She only did that versus Alexa Grasso. Other than that, when she fought my girl Savage, oh, it was she wasn't. She ain't punching no damn ghosts. She straight up beat my girl's ass. <laughs> okay, she whipped my girl's ass, and you can't be in there with Macy Barber with with garbage striking like like the thing about Roxy. Roxy, you know, she's she hits hard. She's not fighters out, but she still hits hard, and she'll just bang. She'll just keep hitting you with the jab the entire time. But the main thing was hitting, hitting Barbara with the jab. The grappling froze Barbara because then she don't know what she's doing. Like it does with a lot of strikers. Don't know what's going to happen. Oh, man, she's going to shoot for a takedown. What's going on here? And plus, Roxy with the judo on top of all that. Yeah, that was too much for Barbara. So not really the same thing here. Um you know, um, Montella, Montana doesn't have the same amount of experience as Roxy. She doesn't have the same weapons. Uh, it's really just really her wrestling. Some striking, but really her wrestling. So, yeah, if she just charges forward, just trying to get that single leg, yeah, she's going to get peace all the way up. Of course, as I said, Claudio is a slight. Him and Clay are dead even because Clay, that cardio, man. He, he, if, and he just, I know he's old, but a little bit, because he can wrestle. He's already a wrestler. So if he just sharpens up his striking. I know he's old, but if he can sharpen up his striking, which is why the betting lines haven't moved for those two, because it's like nobody knows. Clay could still win. It's not impossible. We got King Kong, who is a ridiculous minus 1430 over Chase Sherman, who's a plus 700. Nobody thinks that Chase Sherman is going to do anything, I myself include. I mean, in all fairness to Chase Sherman, I mean, he had no kind of prep for this. My man had no prep for this right here. Okay? So, you know, he's coming in kind of short notice against someone, a uh, heavyweight who can grapple his ass off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And another fight at light heavyweight that I'm concerned about, uh, Marcina. Pacino, Pacino, going against Felipe Lenz. Uh, Lenz is a plus 105 underdog. Marcin is a minus 143. Yeah, Marcin, not sure about that one. Going with the favorite in that matchup there. Now, we got Jordan the Ninja right, uh, right. I believe they're going to headline the prelims of Mark andre bro. I think it's Barreau. I always say Barreau for some oddball reason. Barreau, got to get my French together. Minus 186 favorite going over to plus 150 underdog here. You know, Jordan, he, he, I don't know, man, with his striking credentials. It just, he, I don't know what's going on with him as far as MMA goes. He's just, yeah, just a little too unorthodox, you know what I'm saying? Um. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure about old Jordan there. So, yeah, I'm going with the favorite yet again with uh, Mark. And I think, like, for, I mean, I can see Jordan getting knocked out again. If you want to parlay for a lot of these, I think a lot of these fights are going to go to a decision. Well, finish for Romanoff. <laughs> Somebody said however he wants. Yeah, pretty much. But I would assume that King Kong will get a yet another submission. I can see Clay versus... Uh, Claudio going to a decision. I can see Montana getting finished, as I said. Uh, and one of these ladies finishing each other in our main. But yeah, definitely KO for either woman. Uh, but yeah, Andrade, I think a power bomb from hell. I think, uh, yeah, Lemos is going to see the sun. Now, incidentally, I think that Mike Jackson versus Dean Barry is actually going to start off the prelims. Uh, of course, my number's coming from Bet Rivers, baby. Coming from Bet Rivers. Uh, uh, Dean Barry is a minus 1,000 favorite over Mike Jackson, who's a plus 570, going with the favorite there. Uh, I mean, the only other dog I really see pulling it out is really Lemos. Honestly, I mean, I Villanueva. I mean, Villanueva. Ah, uh, he might be able to pull it out. 
Might be able to pull out. Um, I don't think the White Grants going. I, I'm going against the White Grants. I think he's going to possibly even get finished. But yeah, I don't like. Uh, but yeah, Ike and I would say Lemos. But slim pickings as far as underdog picks here. Of course, we got Preston Parsons going up against Evan Elder, plus 101 underdog, minus 125 favor. I'm going with Preston uh, as the favorite for um, for this matchup here. Had a lot of fights fell off of this one, so. Yeah, yeah, hopefully these other cars, well, particularly the uh, uh, pay-per-views, stay intact. Cristani Justino Venancio, a.k.a. Chris Cyborg, for, from Curitiba, state of Panama, Brazil. Pananao, Brazil. Oh my goodness. Yes, indeed, people. My Queen Grand Prix, well, Grand Slam champion. I mean, UFC, Strike Force, Invicta, FC, and now Bellator Featherweight champion. She is an ADCC. World champion, bronze medalist, and a gold medal two-time, gold medal world jiu-jitsu champion. Black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, someone who I have been following for a long time. You know, um, it takes a long time really to get a black belt. Um, usually when a young person does it, they either, I don't know, something iffy going on with their uh, coach, or they... They just do it all the time, like Gilbert Burns, Gillian Robertson, just all the time, competing all the time. Chris, I followed Chris's uh, journey, and she had been um, partaking and participating in jiu-jitsu competitions, believe it or not, a long time. I believe she was champion level at Blue Belt as well. And, of course, Fort Muay Thai, fighting Jorina Bears, who at the time was one of the best Muay Thai fighters on the planet. Over at the UFC, she scored five of the night versus Holly Holmes. Most wins in the UFC women's featherweight division at four, tied with uh, Megan Anderson and Felicia Spencer for most knockouts in UFC women's featherweight division at two. Of course, 2010 Female Fighter of the Year. Five fight win streak since losing to Amanda Nunez. Sad day, sad day, but as she says, a new beginning, a blessing. Here she is in a rematch with Arlene Blanco. Because old Cat Singano bailed out. Oh, that would have been a good way to end the run. You know, by facing off against Cat Singano, man. It's a shame how that whole thing happen but yes yes and of course yes i'm picking my queen although i'm not going to underestimate arlene at all you know um she could you know cyborg can still get caught you know she still can get caught by the softball 39 years old is arlene uh blank co and McQueen, 36 years old. Arlene out of South Wales, Australia. Height and reach favors McQueen. Arlene does have eight finishes via strikes, one by submission, and six wins by decision. Over at Bellator, most fights in Bellator for Arlene. She has a record for most fights in Bellator Women's Featherweight Division history at 12. Most knockout wins in Bellator Women's Featherweight Division history at 4. Most stoppage wins in Bellator Women's Featherweight Division history at 4. Also, boxing. You know, did I? Did I? Did I? But that boxing background will certainly benefit her. She's currently on a two-fight win streak after losing to Chris Cyborg. Um, who made the right choice 
in that matchup when they first faced off each other to grapple and I expect my queen to do it again. I hope she does it again. I hope she understands she got to be, you know, to show off her well-faceted arsenal and not get in a slugfest. Because, you know, Kavanaugh, I'm like, okay. Because she did get, her chin did get touched versus Kavanaugh. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, she, you know, <laughs> yeah, keep it mixed up. Cause, you know, she's, she over at Bellator, McQueen was, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of wondered why she was being, seemed a little overly cautious, especially when she was going up against uh, Bud. And it's like, yeah, because, hey, remember what happened against Nunes? People were like, well, it's just a great, all-powerful Nunes. And we see that, no, Nunes is not all-powerful. It's her opponent not being prepared for that power. That's really what it is. You know, so. And yeah, in that matchup, I mean, that, that to me, that was more, yes. No, no, I'm not trying to take anything away from, you know, Amanda Nunes. But, you know, it was more my queen coming in, Chris Cyborg coming in with a bad plan. Or not really sticking to the plan which is really what the issue is because she didn't stick to the plan versus Kavanaugh. You know what I mean? So that she does have a tendency to do that, to come in with a good plan and not stick to it. And I think that she was just mad, honestly. You know, I think she was mad and upset. And I think that in the moment, she, it reminds me of uh, Wei Lee versus Joanna M. Jacek, you know, where she believed that she could knock Nunez out, similar to Wei Lee believing that she could knock uh, you want MJ check out, and that's really why the fight turned out the way it did. Now I know a lot of people love the fight between Wei Li and Yuana, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a different matchup because it's not going to go the same as it did last time. You know, and that's why when you look at Chris Cyborg. That's why she really hasn't been the same fighter, and thankfully so. Thankfully so. And don't don't try to stand and bang with everybody. Mix it up. It's mixed martial arts. She's one. She's you know, especially in that situation there. I mean, I don't know about mixing up versus Nunes because Nunes is a very good grappler. But, yeah, boxing range, distance management, she forgotten all that stuff. She had it versus Holly Holm, but forgot all of it when she faced off against Nunes. You know, if you look at that Holly Holm fight and then look at that Nunes fight, it's not the same cyborg. You know, it's not. Uh, so hopefully my girl comes in because she thinks Arlene can't beat her. She's got another thing coming. Okay. It's not impossible. Again, Juliana Pena has taught the planet that nothing is impossible. Okay, Her, Dominic Reyes, everybody thought, oh, nobody can beat John Jones. Nah, John Jones lost that fight, man. <laughs> he got his ass whipped. Okay, First of all, first of all, this is the mere fact that he got his ass whipped. Okay. Yeah, no. Nah. So, yeah, even someone as dominant as my queen can be defeated. And it's usually the more more unlikely MMA fighter. Every single time, it's always the unlikely fighter that just comes out from out of nowhere. And people say, yeah, whoever, whatever, you know. Plus, <laughs> some ridiculous plus like 700 underdog comes in and cashes for the world. Like Pena. No, but I think Pena was like a, I think she just got up to 600. Which is what uh, Roxy Montefiore was versus Macy Barber. <laughs> now, in this case right here, Bet Rivers, I got uh, my queen. I'm going to stop saying it. Stop saying it. Chris Cyborg has some respect for this woman. Chris Cyborg, minus 1,000 favor. I know that's not, yeah. Everyone, that's expected, right? Uh, Arlene is a plus 600. Of course, going with my queen. We got Juan Archuleta. Oh, man, he been in the game a hot minute. Plus 190 versus uh, Rafuan Stotts. Always screw his name up. Minus 286 favorite. I'm going with the favorite in that matchup there. <laughs> he got a Now, I didn't, I didn't catch the weigh-ins. I didn't catch the weigh-ins this time. So I don't know if... Elimelay McFarlane is still fighting. She's a minus 315 over <laughs> Pooh Girl, Justine Kish. <laughs> uh, she's never going to let that one down. Plus 205, underdog. I got Elimelay. I mean, you know what, though? Because Elimelay, you know, she don't see her in that striking, man. 
her and Ash, I know you like wait, but this is just in case. I know what y'all thinking. Like, what is this dude talking about? Look, she she is it's too easy to get your someone who's I mean, look, Justin Kiss has been in the game a, a, a minute. You know, it, it's not like she's some new, like she's some new fighter. You know, Elimine has glaring flaws, man. Talk about holes in your arsenal. She has it. It's in the striking department. Grappling sound, but yeah, you know, Kish doesn't display it, but she is, um, she has a kickboxing record. Uh, she was a Muay Thai champion, as far as I know. You know, it's, so it's, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? She might come in here and whip Alima Lee's ass. Uh, Kish is on a three-fight losing streak, so she didn't do well in the UFC at all. At all, going, going three and five. So she has to get this again, including that. Well, three and five, or well, three and um, four in the UFC. She's three and five altogether so far, and um, she has come off a loss in Bellator as well. So this is it right here. And I mean, look what he got her going up against, right? So yeah, going up against, going with the favorite in that matchup, we have. And we have uh, former Bantamweight, former Ryzen Bantamweight champion, Karaguchi Hiraguchi, ranked at number five in the Bellator Bantamweight rankings, which I don't even know why I'm including rankings. <laughs> <laughs> he, of course, is out of American top team. Yeah, because the rankings don't make any kind of sense. I am, you know, I am going to do, want to do the recaps. I am going to do it this time around because I just, I got to see. I got to see what's going to change with one championship. I got to see what's going to change with Bellator. I just got to see what they want to do. They, they, they're about, their rankings are useless, generally speaking. One isn't as awful as Bellator, but yeah, Bellator is just a popularity contest. It truly is. But I just, I, just, I got to see. I got to see. But, uh, so yeah, I'm definitely going to cover the rankings this time around. So I'm going to do the uh, recaps a little bit different this time around. He's going to begin as Patchy Mix. I kind of think Patchy Mix can take this. I do. I'm, I'm going to go with the favorite in this matchup here, the minus 250 favorite in Araguchi, but I think Patchy Mix can actually take this fight. So watch your money with that one. Remember what I said. Remember what I said. We have Lance Gibson, a minus one. Lance Gibson Jr., sorry, uh, a minus 1,000 favorite over Niancio Dong. Plus uh, 460 underdog. Going with the favorite net matchup there. And of course, you know, this Bellator Bantamweight $1 million tournament. Uh, boy. So yeah, before I continue any further, Patchy makes Hiroguchi. Yes, for this Bantamweight tournament that they got going on. Oh my God. I mean, look, make their money. But Jesus, man, I cannot stand tournaments, man. I can't. Grand Prix, whatever you want to call them. I can't stand them. <laughs> I straight up cannot stand them. And of course, I forgot to say, former flyweight champion, Ali Malay McFarlane, who now possibly will be taking on a different champion. Congratulations to Liz Carmouche. Was it an early stoppage? No. First of all, you don't get yourself in that situation to begin with. I mean, come on. First, it's either ground and pound or arm bar. Pick one. <laughs> you know, I mean, the fight's over. Like, you can't you can't let Liz Carmouche get you on the ground, man. Get you on your back. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> come on, people. I had people was on there crying. And the thing about it is even Vegas knew. Like, the it was, I mean, I, I put some change on Carmouche just in case. And I just did it, you know, I was just like, because, cause you know, she's dealing with somebody, uh, Velasquez is dealing with someone with a lot of experience who's been in there with good strikers before, man. You're not, this is somebody who, I mean, technically she didn't actually beat Val, you know, that first time around, but this is someone who was in there with Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah, this is somebody whose ground game was so sound that Val was leery to go to the ground with her. You know what I mean? Like this is like you gotta really, really be aware of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. It's, but 
the fight was over. She didn't know what she was doing. Don't get in that position in the first place. She's getting a crucifix. Like she wasn't going to get a crucifix. Oh, save her, Michael Beltran. No, I don't save her. So, yeah, I need to add that in. Now, apparently the setup is going to be Janae Harding. Ho, ho, ho. It's going to headline the prelims, apparently, versus Diana Silva. <laughs> Ooh, man, if y'all don't know who Janae Harden is, man, technically she's not age appropriate something. She's only 27 years old. So that's not uh, from New Zealand. Uh, technically she's in featherweight division. Uh, technically she's not age appropriate something. So yeah, I got to uh, calm down with that one right there. Uh, and she, Janae, is going to be the, uh, again, Hopefully the fight's still happening. Because like I said, I didn't see the weigh-ins. I don't know what fight's still happening. But Janae Harlan is a minus 143. Diana is a plus 105. I'm going with Janae in that matchup there. And Patchy's coming off of that. Uh, not Patchy. Uh, Harry Gucci's coming off of that loss to Sergio Pennis. Can't believe that fool got knocked out. Anyway, not, let me stop. Let me stop. Insulting people, so unprofessional. Let me be. Let me be professional at this joint. Uh, but yeah, let me let me go over the matchups real quick. So Janae Harding is going to headline uh, the prelims. Then we have Lance Gibson. Then the Kaya Kamaka the third Jonathan Kaya Kamaka. By the way, uh, out of uh, Iwa Beach, Hawaii. So you had to put him on the car. Had to put him on the car. Bellator in Hawaii, uh, formerly of Extreme Couture, and of course scored Friday Night versus Tony Kelly over at the UFC, transitioning out. Um, he scored a victory over John Day, who's Jesus, over at Bellator 272 in December last year. Uh, I was surprised that he got kicked out of the UFC, but I mean, two losses plus the draw. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know, but here he is over at Bellator. Hopefully he can do his thing there, and he is going to be the minus. Uh, him and uh, Justin Gonzalez, I'm going with Kaya over Justin Gonzalez, uh, but they're both minus 118. Yeah, flawed fighters, you know what I'm saying? Flawed fighters, and it's like, man, you know. Sometimes with, with Vegas, I just think they just, you know, they give up. <laughs> so So that's another thing, too. With better, it's better because I saw a lot of people last time for UFC 273. People were on a timeline com complaining after Aljamain Sterling won. Listen, Vegas doesn't, how can you tell they get it? You know, how can you get these bets and everything? Vegas doesn't get it right all the time. They, you got to watch the fights. You got to watch the fights. And if you didn't watch Aljamain while he was over at was uh, Cage, uh, over at CFFC, if you ain't watching Cage Warriors, if you're not watching these other promotions that these fighters that these fighters come from, I mean, what do you, what you, what can you expect? It's not betting is dumb. It's well, you're kind of dumb for being a casual and betting. You can't be a casual and bet, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You need to watch these prelims. You need to watch who these people are. You know, uh, we have Gotti Yamaguchi versus Levin Chuck Haley. You know, you got you got to watch these fighters. You got to know about them. Like, like Gotti is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know, with amateur boxing experience. You know, most submission wins in Bellator MMA history at eight. Tied for most submission wins in Bellator lightweight division history at five. Former Iron Fight Combat Featherweight uh, Champion. I mean, amateur boxing, Panama State. I mean, you got to know who these people are. You know what I mean? And, and you can't sit up there and go, oh, well, I ain't going to watch him. Now, he's, a, by the way, uh, Yamaguchi is a uh, minus 200 favorite. Of course, going with him over uh, Levon, who's a plus 140. I mean, the only underdog I kind of favor in this joint is... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about Juan Archuleta. You know, uh, usually it's experienced fighters, you know what I mean? I, I kind of lean for as far as favorites go. We have Yancey Modell's going a plus 250 going up against Emmanuel Sanchez, a minus three, uh, 
335 favorite. I mean, this man right here, boy, you talk about a staple of a promotion. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> 31 years old, ranked at number six in the uh, Bellator Featherweight Division, by belt in karate under Duke Rufus. Duke Rufus, people. Black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Daniel Wandele. A lot of fighters are black belts under him. Eight submission victories, 11 by decision. He just got the one finish. And, of course, he's uh, tied for the most victories uh, with Patricio. Uh, he is on a three-fight skid, though. He is on a three-fight skid, so... We'll see how this one uh, turns out. Yeah, I'm a little iffy with this joint right here. Uh, we got Bobby King at lightweight versus Keanu Diggs. I got uh, Diggs, minus 250 favorite in this matchup here. We have catchweight Randy Field versus Mariah Miller. Minus 250 favorite is Randy. And that's going to be at, uh, well, actually, uh, yeah, that's at, uh, that's catchweight, 120. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And just before I uh, close out, going with uh, Ryan De La Cruz, no, I'm, not, I'm going with Jordan uh, Winsky over Ryan De La Cruz. But the fight that I have my eye on is apparently going to open out the Prelims, Sumik Sumiko Aniba. She's someone who I got my eyes on ever at women's featherweight, women's flyweight. She's a minus 623 favorite over with Nanny Paz. This woman has to keep winning, and that's going to be tough. Um, she has to keep definitely going with her. And it's, yeah, I'm favoring the, uh, the, favoring the favorites. <laughs> on this card but uh and that's the thing about bellator you see all these pluses on here you see what i'm talking about like if you want to take a chance on some of these underdogs you get actual money okay you're getting actual money now mar mar raya miller jujitsu uh practitioner uh, I know, I know what you're thinking, like, wait, what? Yeah, I know. She lost by a rear naked choke over at Combate Global. Uh, but that's someone who, because um, that was Adam Waite. So that's someone, so I assume that, you know, w with this 120 weight miss that she's going to be staying straw weight. Hopefully, because they, they have to get a strawweight division going. They got a few women over there, but they, they got to... I mean, it's, I just think it's Bellator not being focused, but for God's sakes, they have to get a strawweight division going over it. But yeah, uh, Aniba is someone who I got my eyes on as the future of that division. So there you have it. There you have it. Hopefully this won't be the last time I see my girl, but if it is, because it's supposed to be uh, the end of her contract, Chris Cyborg, but if it is, hey, it's been a good run it's been a good run Bellator 279 all right so for um last listener question I got my main man just a dude at beards and ink and his question is should we talk about the elephant in the room and the fact that next time Connor gets a fight that it'll most more likely be for a belt and how insane is that no okay love the show carry on uh he continues i mean it's a fact of life as we know it that he's more than likely going to get the fight for a belt upon his long-awaited return so how do we collectively feel about it he took l's in three out of his last four fights granted he has brittle bones with uh what's the f uh <laughs> But it's still a uh, bull, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing, the problem is the fighters. It's not even the fans. Of course, all the fans want to, you know, the casuals. He has a lot of casuals, man. He has a lot of casual fans, and he has a lot of, well, he just has a lot of fans, period. And so he's going to, he he's going to headline. So that's problem number one, is that he's going to headline. 
So thankfully, thanks to him and, um, and Dustin being a star, making himself into a star. And then you have, um, I know a lot of people hate Kobe, uh, Kobe Covington. I do as well. But it's individuals who made themselves into a star who will headline a card. Because I heard that ESPN really doesn't want um, pay-per-views headlined by just regular two, two, not regular, but two people, you know, with where there's no title being defended. So we had that with Jorge and Kobe, the headline without a title being on the line. So I'm not sure um, how it's going to work going further, but it's, it is Connor. He has to headline. He has to headline. I can't see him as a co-main to anyone, not even say John Jones versus Ngano. So that's the problem. Um, but the fighters want to fight him. I mean, Michael Chandler, everyone, every time Connor's name gets brought up, these fighters want to clear out their calendar and face him. That's the problem. You know, I'm with you. I want you. I, I think it's unfair. This dude is, he got kicked down to number seven on the rankings. Uh, now he's at number nine in the, and that's in lightweight. You know, he's talking about welterweight again because he can't really cut the weight. But, um, and then if, if Dustin moves up to welterweight as well, then we got that all over again. So, but yeah, with, with Chandler saying yes, I mean, even if Connor can't get to lightweight, Charles said he would fight him, you know? So that's the, yeah, you know, that's, that's really the problem. It's not really the UFC. It's these fighters saying, yeah, if these fighters say, look, man, no, you got to work your way back up. Then it would change the whole dynamic around. But the fact is they'll throw the fighter money. They'll throw Charles Oliveira money. And then it's that rumor that it was that false rumor because uh, Leon denied it. But it was that false rumor that they get, they were going to, uh, UFC was going to give Leon Edwards his money. Like, just go ahead and pay him and so he could step aside so Connor can take his spot at welterweight to face off against Usman. I mean, face off against Oliveira, I think that would be a little somewhat competitive. But Usman would kill Connor. <laughs> but that's the, another problem with the UFC, quick payday. They love a quick payday. Anything that's a quick payday, they'll do. And this will be a quick payday, whether it's Charles or Usman, especially Usman. That will headline an event. Uh, everyone will come out because his fans, you know, some, a lot of them are racist. They'd love to see if, you know, this falsehood, you know, this dream of Connor finally beating somebody black. Yeah, I'm going there. <laughs> I'm going there. So I think that's what it was with. Yeah, I know a lot of people just hate um, Mayweather, but still, that's what it felt like. You know, that's how a lot of his fans being around him and, and at different events. That's just how his fans kind of come off. I hate, I hate going there, but that's how they come off. But yeah, versus Usman, they would come out more for Usman than they, to me, they would for, uh, do Bronx. But yeah, they. And, and the thing is, I think Usman would do it. That's the question. Would Usman do it? Oliver will. He said it already. So, yeah, I hate to say it, but I think we're stuck with Connor getting unfair, undeserved title shots. Because if he beats, he's certainly going to get a higher-ranked opponent. Like, um, like Michael Chandler already said yes. So he's going to get right back into the top rankings if he can cut down a lightweight. At least I'm not sure about welterweight, but Kobe versus Connor. Come on, Kobe Covington versus Connor. Oh my God, people will line up. It would be inseparable on the timeline. I can see because that's going to headline, and that's what Kobe wants. It's going to headline. And he's going to get his money. So, yeah, yeah. I think we stuck with that, brother. <laughs> Thank you so much for the question. Always a pleasure. Well, that's it. Thank you for joining me today on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, check me out on Instagram. That's MMA.by.Milliken. Check me out on Twitter. If you do have Blogspot, you can check me out there. And check out the Leg Show. L-E-G-S-S-H-O-W. Check out the Leg Show on Instagram and Twitter. This leg show on Instagram. You got to check it out. Beautiful women daily. Fighters daily. Athletes. You name it. Daily. You got to check me out there. Hope everybody stays safe. Stay strong. And stay positive. <laughs>